This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Another speaker vote was shot down today, leaving the House of Representatives without a leader and Republicans in the chamber seeking a path to resuming business. Ohio Republican Jim Jordan received 199 votes from his conference, one less than his tally in yesterday's vote. The House GOP convened a closed-door meeting after the vote, and Jordan says he plans to pursue a third round of voting and will continue to work to convince those currently against his speakership bid to instead lend their support. Jordan also said he would support a vote on an idea to give Speaker Pro Temp Patrick McHenry more authority over the chamber's business. Washington Republican Dan Newhouse told reporters after the failed vote that he was open to the pro temp idea and that the ongoing floor votes would get worse for Jordan if he continues his campaign. Stay tuned to AgriPulse for the latest. On the other side of Capitol Hill, members of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee explored the impacts of the Supreme Court's Sackett decision on the nation's wetlands in a hearing today, and committee Democrats say they're concerned about just what that might be. Committee Chair Tom Carper of Delaware said the new regulatory framework includes states that might not be up to the task. The SACA decision increased the burden of wetlands management for states. And currently, 25 states do not have laws in lieu of the Clean Water Act to protect their wetlands. And even in states with wetland protection laws, many regulators have said that they lack the capacity to issue permits for the wetlands and streams previously protected by federal agencies. But committee-ranking Republican Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia shot back at that idea. That is misleading. (laughs) That is not only misleading, it does a disservice to state and local governments who know their own local water issues best and have the most at stake in protecting them. She said many Republicans were also concerned about the impacts of the ruling, but in the context of how the EPA has chosen to interpret it. The Supreme Court's decision in Sackett did more than just abandon the old significant nexus standard for determining the scope of federal waters. The majority established a new test pulled from the Clean Water Act that fully accounts for the law's use of the term navigable waters. The agencies entirely ignored this direction, and so on both process and substance, have opened themselves up, I believe, to more legal challenges. She says that could force the agency to issue yet another Waters of the U.S. rule down the road. Steve Davies has a deeper look at the hearing in his coverage on agripulse.com. Finally today, key points of transit along the inland waterway system are at low levels, and the timing could stress the nation's grain storage infrastructure. Producers are in the thick of harvest across the Corn Belt, and a good deal of that grain is destined for the Mississippi River. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the low water levels come as other issues are facing the river system as well. Trying to remove rock barriers that reappeared during the drought last year, dredging the channel to keep a a navigable channel in the lower Mississippi. And finally, we have the harvest underway for corn and soybeans. A lot of those typically move down the Mississippi But this year, knowing that we were in a potential drought situation again for the second year in a row, folks are holding on to the grains and oil seeds a bit longer. And at least while there is storage available, a lot of those are not being shipped at this time. He says bumper crops in South America have softened the demand for U.S. grain on the world market, which is lessening the need for normal speed of commerce along the river. 
According to USDA's latest crop progress report, corn harvest was 45% complete as of Monday. Soybean harvest was a little further ahead at 62%, about 10 percentage points ahead of the five-year average. As for other commodities, cotton harvest is 33% complete, sorghum, peanuts, and sugar beets are around the halfway point, and rice harvest is nearly wrapped up at 88%. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. Join more than 5,000 farmers and ranchers from across the country at the American Farm Bureau Convention, January 19th through the 24th in Salt Lake City. The convention and trade show are open to anyone who wants to learn more about farming, ranching, and agriculture policy. Register at annualconvention.fb.org register. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.